Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to a Sunday, June 5th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. It's Sunday morning, so you know that the sports reporters we have indeed reassembled, uh, one of two sports reporters. So uh, Robert Silverman of the Daily Beast joins today's program, Andrew Hammond's away of the Detroit Free Press this week, but hopefully we get Andrew back next week. But uh, still a fun show for you guys today. NBA playoffs, um, Major League Baseball, the Mets, more weird injuries there. Um, just a lot of, lot of fun stuff on this edition of the podcast. Um, if you would, uh, make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode here at uh, the Chase Thomas Podcast on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Um, and you can watch us on YouTube, youtube.com, type in the Chase Thomas Podcast, like and subscribe, all that good stuff, sports reporters, uh, NBA, college football, Major League Baseball, all across the board on this very podcast every single day. So all kinds of great content every day uh, on this very feed. So check us out, YouTube, uh, read me and all my sports writing at sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Type your email and don't miss an episode that or miss an article that way. Um, and yeah, Tennessee, what a game was that seven and a half hours last night, um, taking down Campbell and they'll be in the title game tonight at seven. So very excited about that. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens tonight with Tennessee as they try and get out of the regional. So crazy game, a lot of fun. Drew Gilbert. What a man. What, what a guy, what a guy Drew Gilbert, Drew Gilbert is. Um, but without further ado, Uncle Darren, I think it's time we get into hour one and uh, the full hour here on the Chase Most Podcast, uh, which will be the case today and tomorrow going into Monday, uh, Sunday Night Baseball Pod uh, going in tomorrow and then back to the three-hour program that you know and love here on the Chase the Most Podcast. Thank you for your support and for uh, making the Chase the Most Podcast part of your Sunday listen. I greatly appreciate it. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back. The sports reporters. We have indeed reassembled two of three sports reporters. No, Andrew Hammond of the Detroit Free Press this week. But we've been told privately, Bob, that it's good stuff coming down the pike. He's just left it left it open like that, right? It's very vague. I suggested that he was going to finally claim his royal heritage mm. and that he was going to be at the Jubilee with the Queen. Right. And he would be dubbed Prince Andrew. Mm-hmm. But apparently he didn't deny that that mm. was what it is. There was no denial. I don't know if you heard it denial, but I didn't hear it denial. So he could be royalty the next time we speak. That's very possible. How was your week, Bob? Uh, I mean, it's over, so. Oh, Bob. It's okay, you know, same old, same old work, life, et cetera, et cetera. How many stories are we writing right now? Three. I don't know how you do that. Um, it's a, I, I explained this uh, in a, a previous conversation, but you did? part of my part of my procrastination, part of my work process, just to mm-hmm. take a little inside the game, yeah, is that just doing one story step by step and completing it feeds into my desire to procrastinate and right. look at things on the internet or wonder, hey, how many points did Shaq really score in the 
per game in the 2000 finals. Was it 38? Yes, it was. Well, now I know that. Okay, moving mm -hmm. on. But if I have three different things that can procrastinate from working on one thing by working on another thing, so even though I'm technically goofing off, right. I'm still being productive. This is probably not a good method that should be repeated by anyone. Mm. But, you know, in any case, that's the freelance life. Well, um, one of the things you can do is uh, tune into the Tennessee baseball team as they won last now night. That's a segue, man. Mm -hmm. Just like fired a, a, a mean lob into the deep corner and you just volleyed it right back at me with some University of Tennessee baseball. You expect me to comment on this? I have no thoughts about this. About I need to send you what the ESPN uh, either color commentator or play-by-play -play commentator for the Oregon State uh, regional game last night. Just okay. open. He openly opined about Evan Russell getting suspended for PEDs, and then the whole Tennessee baseball team was going to get uh, tested. Um, none of that was true, and uh, <laughs> he's back today. And it was anxiety related as to why he missed last night, and uh, his dad confirmed it, which I w I'm going to go with his dad on that one. And uh, I'm I'm curious to see how this unfolds today on the broadcast. Like it, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, and I only know this because I follow the account Pitching Ninja on Twitter. Yes, Tennessee has the starter who throws that 104 mile an hour. 105.5, sir. Okay, sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to. Ben, ben Joyce, yeah, Fair gets yeah. on. Yes, he is not a starter though. He is a bullpen arm. He oh, started okay. once yeah. this year. He's just not. He went like four or five innings. Against Auburn like a month ago but he's probably he can be a starter in the major leagues like if you can turn him into a starter like he's just a flamethrower but it's just more of the control for like five to six innings. yeah can't you have to that. get him just you can't have him throwing 104 for 100 pitches yeah not I mean he did ball. like 70 I think in the Auburn game of 100 101 102 <clears throat> 103 that whole area but and it's just different with college kids because they cannot catch up. Like he went in last night for an inning yeah. and it's just, it's not fair. It's, it's not fair. <laughs> We're playing a different game sometimes. And as you know, Bob, as someone who's watched this team throughout the year, like sure, the, sure, sure. the March to 60 has never been sweeter. Like this is on pace to be the best Tennessee baseball. This is if Tennessee wins the title this year, this is the best college baseball team of all time. Um, bar none. Of all time? Of all time. Better than the Mississippi State teams that had. They had, they had Will Clark on the team, but didn't they also? Mm -hmm. Ruffin, they just Ruffin won Palmero last year on too. That team? They just won. Have you seen the dude in uh, Starkville? Like Mississippi baseball is legit. They take it seriously in Mississippi. I, I want you to consider the sentence to me. <laughs> have you seen the dude in Starkville? <laughs> Probably no. No. Probably no. No. Have you watched a full college baseball game before? A full one? Mm hmm Yeah, I watched when I was in college. I watched my college baseball. They're Division three, but, you know, mm -hmm. I watched them. Okay. I have, a, I have a Haverford College baseball hat somewhere in a drawer upstairs. It just is college baseball. It's like the Rob Lowe thing. It just has college baseball on it. No, it's got it's black and it's red and it's got a nice little gothic H on it. It's a nice hat. Okay, gothic H on it. I like it. Um, Bob, the NBA yeah, playoffs, game one in the NBA books. finals, man. Not NBA the finals. The NBA me. finals. Uh, I I I'm in a uh, don't gamble, kids, because uh, sin. 
and mm -hmm. uh, possibly illegal depending on your age and your location. But mm -hmm. uh, I'm in a, an NBA finals pool with some other dudes and my I picked I picked the Warriors at five, and that's not looking like a great pick at this point. Hmm. The odds are against it. I Warriors really in thought, five does not feel good now. No. Well, look, I'm trying to win the pool, and I figure everyone else would go chalk and say. Something. Well, let me look up my numbers. Seven, that means they have to win four straight basketball games. To yeah, you didn't need to look pool. up numbers to do that. You just yeah. need to. You just you added four. Yeah, you probably lost that one, Bob. I hope you did not put a lot of. I can that's, that's win a it. It's a $5 pool. It's okay, not going to cool. bankrupt me. It's okay. really fun. It's just for fun. Um, I am surprised about how well... Well, okay. Look, Boston's shooting in that fourth quarter was an anomaly. I don't think they're going to be able to maintain that for, for chunks of the People series, say that, but... but they were open. Like, if Golden State leaves yeah. Al Horford and Pritchard and guys like that open and... I mean, they're absolutely capable of doing that all over they're again. They're capable of doing that. Golden State defense. Golden State was really slow. Mm -hmm. I, I don't look. It's it's Andre Iguodala. He's been a key he's got to be out of the rotation. Of, he's out. Of, like of it numerous, just numerous. Yeah, you know, Warriors final teams before, but it was really odd to me to see after a I don't know how many months long layup layoff for Kerr to like insert yeah. him into the rotation immediately. That seemed odd and. An Iggy, Otto Porter, and either Green or Looney front court, that's just not, there's not enough speed on the perimeter, even if Otto Porter is suddenly shooting the lights out. That it's, was a weird choice to me. Well, very, very odd. I was talking to Andrew Sharp about this yesterday, uh, the Goat Pod. Hey, dude, small, yes. bas smart basketball mind. Small Absolutely. Basketball mind. Yeah. Smart basketball mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we were talking about this, but something I, uh, I mentioned was just that like one of the positives the difference between the boston team because everyone was just looking at like warriors like everyone picked warriors in five or six it seemed like and the thing about All that the numbers was said celtics like it, yeah the, every every quant was out here saying actually no the celtics are favored vegas yeah. you know has the warriors as the as the prohibitive favorite but no one I, I, it yeah. didn't feel like it. It was like the numbers that no one actually felt that way. And I think part of it was because the Celtics just went through hell to get out of the East, and the Warriors really didn't have to do anything. Like, the Warriors had a really easy gauntlet to get out. Uh, Jaw yeah, goes they, down in the Disney series. Yeah, they the get the Nuggets with without Moran. Murray, and then yeah, they get yeah, the Mavs. Yeah. Like, it's they the had Mavs a really good run. You know, knocked off a much better but fraudulent Phoenix team. And mm. um. Yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird, I mean, I feel it, it was a weird game because the Celtics were missing a lot of open shots in the first half and the Warriors yeah. were comfortably up and not to psychoanalyze because that's just not how sports really works, but they felt like Golden State got complacent and when Boston started making a run, they didn't know how to kick it into gear. Yeah. My biggest fear too, if you're Golden State, like Tatum goes three for 17, right? And they still win. Right. Like now, if he has the an like just a first team All NBA game, game on Sunday, game, game, yeah. you're in you're... trouble. Like the series is over if Boston wins Game Two. Like you now have to win Game Two at home, and you cannot allow uh, Jason Tatum to uh, have that kind of game and to flip this series. Like the, just to to end they're, it because he has a chance. I mean, that was a choice they made. The choice was that they were going to take the ball out of Tatum's hands and and let 
Derek White and Al Horford and Marcus yeah. Harden, those guys beat them. And that was the calculus. And more times than not, it should work. Mm. I think they were, I think they did a bad job of closing out on open shooters. The defense was not just, it just wasn't good enough. I don't think the strategy was necessarily wrong, mm. but I don't think they, I just don't think they executed as well as they should have. I also think they're trying stuff. So this is something I also mentioned to Andrew was just that like the difference between the Celtics is they have their eight. They can only play those eight. They cannot play yeah. anyone else. They are stuck with this group. This they're, is their no, eight. It is. And the, <clears throat> well, the Warriors have Boston, like 13. What, what, you know, they were what sent Boston on this yeah. run is that they figured out who they're that one. They made a very good trade for white. Who's a, mm. not a, you know, he, he does exactly what he does. What Boston does. He defends well. His hands don't get sticky on the ball. Mm. He's not a great shooter. You know, he's only an okay finisher, but he's a good switchable defender. You can absolutely plug him into Boston's system without a hitch. Mm. And so, yeah, you've got the starters plus White plus, you know, the plus Grant Williams off the bench who's did he where did he go to school? He was he a Tennessee? Oh, guy? here I, I got I got an answer was for you. I got an answer guy? for you. The University of Tennessee is where Grant Williams went. Mm -hmm. Uh, Grant Williams, who who I really dug coming coming into that year's draft, I thought that Mm -hmm. was an excellent pick. There is a – if you are picking outside the lottery, snagging a a very productive college big who may not be able to stretch the floor yet, is a wise way to go. I love that there's now going to be uh, a portion of drafts now where we have to look at like every, like this is going to be an NBA Twitter thing where people are going to be like, all right, we need to find our PJ Tucker, Grant Williams. Like everyone's going to overanalyze just a, a big boy and who can't really shoot, but he Which played in college. Which is why yes. I am such a Jeremy Sochan fan. Okay. Out of Baylor. Okay. He's I don't not as big though. He's, he's just long. He's not, he's not big. He's six eight. No, I'm saying thick. He's not thick. He's, he's not, not built thick. like PJ he's or. Six eight. He's 6'8", 230. And he's only Is he 230? Hmm. Let's go to the videotape, man. Are you more of a. Hold on. Are you already diving down the NBA draft rabbit hole? You're just the draft yes. guy. You love the NFL draft, the NBA draft, your draft. I man. don't get as obsessed with the NBA draft because the NFL draft has more rounds, so I can <laughs> learn about more different guys yeah. who I didn't watch all year long. Right. I will watch Mark Madness and I will pay attention to what goes on in, in, in college basketball a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I don't get as obsessive with the draft pages and the mock drafts and all that. Yeah. That's funny. Um, I, I have my, my draft takes, I, 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 uh, but I'm, I'm willing to delve into those at the drop of a hat, though, yes, being a Jeremy Sochan guy mm. that I am. He's good. I mean, that Baylor team, uh, Coach Drew's done a really good job there. Um, he's, a, he's, again, it's the same kind of thing. He's a he, he's more in the, the Brandon Clark model than, yeah. than the Grant Williams, P.J. Tucker. Yes. Just, but those guys are valuable, too. Yeah. Just the, he, he's not a tree-stump-shaped basketball player that yeah. becomes very valuable if they can stretch the floor. And you need to focus on how Jalen Brunson uh, fits into this uh, New York Knicks team. Are we gonna? We're talking tampering here, guys. <laughs> oh man, I saw someone. I think it was uh, Taylor, uh, who used to write for Knicker Blogger too back in the day. Who um, I think it was him who tweeted about like, okay, well, Taylor Armasino. Yes, the guy's name. Yes, yes, yes. 
Um, am I remembering that right? He was a Knickerbocker guy, right? He did a couple. He wasn't yeah. a, you know, but yeah, he wrote a couple of blogs. Okay. He wrote some blogs. Yeah. He blogged some blogs. He blogged some blogs. Um, uh, to yeah, he, he was, he was, he was, there was, there's a count. So for all you not familiar with the minutia of, of, of Nick's world. Right. Uh, Jalen Brunson's father, Rick Brunson, mm-hmm. uh, who has been a coach both at the NBA and the college and high school level the last couple of years mm-hmm. played for the Knicks for about a year and a half in the late night, like in 1999 and 2000. Was he on the finals Jason. team? Yeah, he was on the finals team. Huh. Um, Rick Brunson, a, who was Nick's general manager and Leon Rose's, I think, first client when he was a temple, when, when Rick Brunson was a temple, I think Leon, the, one of the first guys that he signed was Rick Brunson. So they have a long standing relationship. Um, his son Jalen is a, about to be a restricted free agent. Mm Mm-hmm. No, unrestricted, unrestricted free agent. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, and the Mavs can offer them most years. Mark Cuban has made some mouth noises about saying that they're not, you know, they're very clearly going to keep him. It makes no sense for Dallas to let him walk. He can get more money from Dallas than anybody else. Um, the Knicks have been fairly openly pining for Jalen Brunson to the point of sending. Their power, their uh, in-house consigliere, William Worldwide West Wesley and Leon Rose to uh, a Mavs Jazz playoff game to very visibly sit in the front <laughs> row and watch the game. Um, so the Knicks had an opening on their bench because uh, they lost an assistant coach to the college ranks and they needed another guy on Tipto's bench and they hired Jalen's dad, Rick. Mm-hmm. And everyone and their brother suddenly thought, oh, okay. This is a way to funnel some money under the table to the Brunsons without being able to offer Jalen Brunson that oh so sweet fifth year of the contract. Oh, I didn't even consider did. that. That is some that is some galaxy brain stuff right there. Meme dot meme. Yeah, that's the conspiracy is that oh well. No, we can't give you a fifth year and twenty five million, but what if your dad has a job? You know. Well there's something similar school, going on at do you want to feel old for a little bit, Bob? Sure, why not? So, do you remember Dewan Wagner? Yes, I remember Dewan. I remember his dad, uh, Milt, also, who played yes. for the Lakers and got hired by Louisville, right, to, to convince Dewan, Dewan, Dewan Wagner to come there. And now it's happening again with the... Oh, well, Dewan went to Memphis with Coach Memphis. Cal, where right. he was with, at Coach Cal. Now it's happening all over again, Bob, because DJ Wagner, Dewan's son, is the number one recruit for next year's class, and Louisville hired, this is the best like college recruiting story in a while, this is extremely college basketball, and it relates to the Brunson situation, is Kenny Payne, who you know very well, took the Louisville right. job, right. and he hired Dewan, or, uh, Dewan's father, who used to play at Louisville a long time ago. So the grandfather is in the athletics department now at Louisville, and Coach Cal is the coach at Kentucky, and Cal is close with Dewan. So his son has to basically choose between his dad's guy or his grandfather's guy with the two (laughs) biggest rivals. Like, is that not wild? (laughs) Oh, man, there's 
I'm not remembering the details correctly, but there was an entirely very similar kerfuffle with like the Nike EYBL camp mm. and Marvin Bagley's kid when they were trying to convince, when they were trying to get Marvin Bagley to come to Duke and they were paying off allegedly his father to get him to go to Duke and, and, and the father was, the father was fired. I, I don't remember the details of the Marvin Bagley. Yeah paying the dad to be a coach thing. But yeah, it's a very, very common practice in college sports. So in any case, there are some who are suggesting that this is a bit of a carrot to get Brunson to sign with the Knicks. The Knicks would have to like move some contracts in order to be able to offer it to him. I mean, I think what the Knicks are hoping ideally is that Jalen Brunson goes back to the Dallas front office and says, I only will sign with the Knicks. Hmm facilitate a signing trade that way the dallas gets a couple of pieces in return for randall in exchange for doing this look i would give up randall for it yeah i don't know if dallas would i'm not sure why dallas would but sure well new situation you saw peak randall two years ago you throw him in with luca i don't know like they're starting dwight powell at the five like i don't see how it couldn't you be you can't start you can't start julius randall at the five uh, no and julius i mean it's unclear why Julius Randle had such a terrible season, but it is it has been speculated to go full passive tense. It has been suggested that the part of the reason is that early in the year they were trying to figure out how not to have him be have the entire audience revolve off have the entire offense revolve around him and giving pick and roll touches to Kemba Walker and you know getting. Evan Fournier going and et cetera, et cetera, caused him to be a little sad and mad and not play as well as he did. And so I'm not sure how well he would integrate back then into what is undoubtedly going to be an entirely 100% Luka-centric offense. Yeah. I mean... Randall might not have a choice, though, after this past year. And it's like... Randall's we're... from Dallas, also. He's a Dallas Oh, is he really? Team. Yeah. Dude, this is what's happening. We just solved this whole summer for both teams. It's a sign sure. and trade for Randall and Brunson. I'll, I'll uh, if I'm Knicks management, I'll throw in any number of. Uh, I think you'll have to Burks throw in and... Fournier because you know the Dallas would love Fournier with the Reggie Bullocks sure. and Dorian yeah. Finney Smith, like the catch and shoot three guys. Like that's all. Yeah, Fournier yeah, feels but, like a future but, but Dallas Evan guy. Fournier, Evan Fournier can't stop anybody. Yeah. He can't defend a he can't defend a traffic cone. Well, he it's and really Tim Hardaway bad. Jr. can take turns not defending anybody. It's really bad. How oh, he he. It's not for lack of effort mm. or lack of knowledge of what the right defensive play is. Mm-hmm. He just does. He's just very 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 easy. He's, he's a bad defensive player. Having him and Kemba Walker in the back backcourt at the same time is bad if your goal is to stop the other team from scoring. Mm. Um. Sure. In any case, so long story short, uh, the Knicks hired Rick as their new assistant coach. Yeah. Is he replacing Payne? Yeah, he's replacing Payne. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mm. Whether or not that'll lead to Jalen Brunson, whether that'll have one iota of impact on Jalen Brunson's thinking remains unknown. Yeah. Um, It would, I'm, I'm not as, I am, uh, let's put it this way. I'm less hyped by Jalen Brunson's getting, being, Jalen Brunson getting paid, Jalen Brunson's going to get paid like $120 million. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Brunton's a really good player. I don't know how good, but he's a really good player. Brunton's a really good player. Um, I, I've just never been impressed with him. It's not logical, and it's not based on anything other than something about the vibe is off. I don't like the cut of his jib. I mean, look, if the Knicks get him, I think it'll be great, or maybe not. But uh, <laughs> The Knicks have got thought... bigger problems, but it's just like at least you're getting so, you're getting a competent ball handler, and I think he makes RJ's life easier. I think he makes Quickly's life easier. I don't I know. I mean, this, this is a longstanding meme of name the best Knicks point guard over the last 22, let's say, years of this century. Oh, Jeremy Lin. It was two weeks, man. But those two weeks, man. You got, you got a yeah, book out okay. of it. Okay. I'm yeah, looking yeah, at yeah. it right now. I'm looking at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a book. It's, yeah, I'm very excited. I got, I got a residual check for that book actually last month. Did you really? Yeah, I still get residual checks. There you go. You how much it was? Yes. Yes. $15? Oh, no. 70 Nine? cents. 70 cents. 70 cents <gasps> in residual checks. <laughs> I feel like it costs more to write the check for 70 cents. It costs, it costs, it costs between mailing and the labor costs yes. associated with writing the check. Yes, probably. But I got it and I cashed it. So There you go. Did you really so, cash it? Yeah. I love it. It's my 70 cents, gosh darn it. I'm not giving that up. Yeah, there you go. I wouldn't want to mess up their accounting. That would be <laughs> rude. Um, no. Oh, I, I'm, okay, name the next... Name the best Tony point guard over the last 20 years who la- who played, let's say, you know, a full season. I mean, it's... Raymond Felton? Stephon, no, the answer is Stephon Marbury. But after that, the list gets pretty bleak. Is Marbury still 20 years? I guess, yeah, he would be. Yeah, he was, he was good. He was good for them and... They, they well, no, I was saying, like, what year was that? Was that 2003? 2003, 2003 yeah. season. So he barely form. snuck in that top 20 or 20 right. years yeah, since. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I said this since. So, and then the okay. following year, it was actually really good. The team was bad. It was really mm-hmm. good. It, it's Marbury, Raymond Felton. Yeah. And then you get into a real, just great gaping void of nothingness. There have been a lot, though. 40-year-old Jason Kidd. I was going to say uh, Kidd's probably in that top three. He was yeah. good though for that team. He was good for for half the year. Yeah. And then things went a little things went a little south. Yeah. What was that? Kid and Mello and Tyson and was still Mello, there. Tyson Chandler was Tyson Chandler was still there. He got hurt halfway through the year. There was uh, Who was in the wing? Public, JR? JR was on the ring. Iman Shumpert was on the wing. Shumpert, that's who I was right. Yeah. Right. God, what an Pre- era. Prigioni was a good backup guard. Love Prigioni. Love Prigioni. Isn't he an assistant with uh, the Nets now? Yeah. Uh, okay. Minnesota somewhere? Or is he, he Minnesota? With... Okay. He's been with a couple of teams. Yes. Maybe he was with He's Kenny left. Atkinson as the assistant. Right. There. So the Knicks' good point guards of the last two decades is Marbury, mm-hmm. that one Ray Felton year <laughs> before they traded him for Carmelo, mm-hmm. the second Ray Felton year, which he was so-so when they got him back after Lynn left. Mm-hmm. 40-year-old Jason Kidd. Go Knicks! Uh, um, and then you're, then you're starting to be like, well, was that first year of Chris Duhon really that oh, was really <laughs> better than average? What about washed Jose Calderon? Oh, uh, man. 
Well, does Derek Rose's half year as a very good super sub count? Uh, you get into some very, 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 very bleak places when discussing the next point guards in the next 20 years. And that all runs counter to this very long-held New York, like the New York point guard exceptionalist myth, which yeah. is that the city is the home to great floor generals. There's a Showtime documentary coming out about Kenny Anderson and Marbs and Rafer Alston and all those guys and, and, the, and, and Tiny Archibald and all the great New York City point guards. But New York City, the actual basketball team, has not had a very good one in a long time. So hmm. that's why the, the Jalen Brunson thing just hits different around these parts is that everyone is like the entire question of New York's basketball self-created, not actually real, just as many good point guards come from the rest of the country. Identity is tied up in this thing. You know, Kenny Smith, Mark Jackson, uh, Rod Strickland, all New York City high school kids came from New York. There you go. The myth uh, was that because the courts were so bad and mm. you're playing outside so much, mm. with all the various weather factors, that New York City point guards, in order to thrive, had to learn how to be great ball handlers and great passers. And, you know, the shooting would come, it would hit or miss, but that was what their calling card was because they grew up playing outside in the streets of new york city on the, you just define lance stevenson yeah skip the, there's another new york city kid yeah yeah uh bob what's going yeah. on with lindor slamming his finger in a door it happens Who what are you it? doing what are you doing can you try like we're giving you the nl east this year is it going to be another one of those things with the braves like we're I'm we're giving you fine. the NL east. this is this is the new york sports roundup today without hammond i see <laughs> that's doing fine i'm very happy with this year of mets baseball Luis Guillorme is hitting 358. Come on. Mm -hmm. They're doing fine. Uh, Lindor missed the game. Um, yeah. Syndergaard, or not Syndergaard, wow. He did. Yeah, he, he is he, out of there. But uh, I meant um, Scherzer. He's out Scherzer for a while. is on the shelf. DeGrom is still on the shelf. It's okay. Yeah. I think anyone expecting both of those guys to make 30 starts was deluding themselves. That would have been nice, but probably not expected they'll have both of them back after the all-star break not gone well mm. um the pitching staff is you know holding up without them mm -hmm. uh they could use they could use another bullpen arm and they could use another bat and they could use a catcher who's not bad they got mm. time they got time they're doing fine lenore missed one game with the slamming your finger in the door come on that's a painful injury don't mock that it uh, it is a painful injury. What is your worst like dumb like stub your toe, slam your car, and your do you have a, a terrible one? As an adult, yeah. Really dumb one like that. Yeah. Not just. I dropped a helmet on my foot, like the okay. Air Force helmet. That was dumb. That hurt. And that I hurt. Do you know what's even more old man? Like a couple sure. days later, I just, I, I don't look at my feet that often. And a couple days later, purple. I was putting on socks to go right, purple. And I was like, what in the hell is going on? And I was like, what am, am I, do I have gangrene of the foot? What is going on? And then I'm like, oh, right. I dropped a helmet on my foot a couple days ago. That's, uh, uh like, uh, no, I haven't had like really bad. I got like, when I was still acting, I used to get like the worst injury that I used to get was. And this is disgusting. So if all uh -oh. the Chase Thomas podcast listeners want to earmuff themselves right now. Do I want to um, earmuff myself? Oh, the, the thing I used to get from going to all like the 
in all the dance classes and in all the physical trainings, I used to have this problem, yeah. which is endemic to ballet dancers, I've been told, called split toes. Hold on. <laughs> We're Googling now. Okay. I don't kind of wanted to Google this. Is this like oh, Googling Evan Fournier? Don't Google Evan Fournier. Yeah. Oh, God. Split it's not toes. that bad. It's just incredibly painful. What it is is... Oh, this looks terrible. Yeah. This is like one of those things that doesn't look like it should hurt that bad, but it oh, absolutely it hurts does. so much worse than you could ever possibly imagine. Basically, yes. what it is is if your feet get too dry and callous. Callousy. And then you do very sort of, you know, dancerly expressive movements on the yeah. feet. What happens is, is the joints of your toes, the little wrinkle underneath your toe will crack. Hmm. It's not like you cut yourself so it heals. It just cracks open and then doesn't heal. And so that every time you move or any piece of dirt gets in there, it is just insanely wildly painful. And so I'd have to, you know, bandage up all of my toes to keep them from being infected and or rendered more painful and try to encourage them to like actually heal in it. No, basically it's a callus that forms. The callus breaks, leaving exposed, like raw skin underneath. It is just, it was awful, 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 awful. I would sit there and I would like, I would have very ridiculous looking feet with three like bandit, like bandages rolled around each toe awful stuff that sounds horrific I also, um, while playing field like playing roller hockey it did take a puck in the eye once and got a scratched cornea so that's awesome. but no no i don't have like the weird i'm a major league baseball player and i sliced off a finger while mowing the lawn type injury or something like that. yeah i uh i think uh the fiance popped an eardrum when she uh fell off a jet ski one time that sounded pretty awful so she was like deaf in one ear for a full month Wow. And jet skis are awesome. Very pro jet. Have you been in on a jet ski, Bob? No. Well, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a scene in uh, King of Qu- or not King of Queens, in Hitch, the uh, rom-com classic starring Kevin James, where they're on a jet ski. But it's Will Smith and uh, Eva Mendes, I believe. Where what, what? Yeah, I'm aware of the movie Hitch. Well, they're riding around a jet ski in new york so it's an it's a possibility i was like oh i guess there aren't many jet skis in um new york but i i do recall two in that uh particular movie so they do exist yeah go on can you jet ski, have you seen a jet, jet ski on the, the like jet i'm trying to remember scene from hitch I'm, <laughs> I'm paying attention to <laughs> no have you seen any jet skis around the hudson do people do that ever even when it's good weather no no jet skis anywhere? Can you not put it, like, can you not park a jet ski anywhere? I'm sure you could. There are boats in, in uh, like, there are plenty of boats docked off various yeah. parts of New York. But, no, I haven't seen a lot of, have you seen the water around, like, the actual city? What do you mean? It's it's a little polluted. Yeah. Like, you can go in a boat. but Take a shower the, after. Yeah, the basic premise Kramer of did it. Is, that, is that you, yeah, okay, that was a TV show. <laughs> And the joke was that he smelled real bad after. Yeah. That's the joke. Mm-hmm. Is it true? Yes. Have you gone swimming in the Hudson? No. Hmm. No. Never? Even as a kid? No. No. <laughs> Why would I? It's fetid, horrible water. Why would I do that? 
Wait, so where can you go swimming? You go to a beach. You leave oh. the city. You go go to Jones Beach. Go to Rockland. Go to Fire what Island. What beach is it on in the Cyclones? What beach is that? Is that just Coney Island? It's is that Coney just Island, the beach? Yeah. Yeah. But what, what body of water is that, I guess, is my question. Jo- uh, that's the Atlantic Ocean, man. Is it the Atlantic? Hmm. Or the Hudson Bay, technically, I think. But, you okay. know, beats off the Atlantic. But yeah. Um, yes, I've gone to the beach of Coney Island. You go and you, you get in the water. That's fine. Mm. I'm sure that I'm sure people go like I'm sure there are people who bring jet skis there. What was sure. the last time you were at Coney Island? Uh, I went to the beach last summer. Um, Do you tan? I, okay. Uh oh. Weirdest COVID side effect of all. You For tan? my entire <laughs> life, I never needed sunscreen or suntan lotion. I just got nice, crispy, golden brown, and delicious. Huh. I just would tan. I didn't right. burn. Never. Graham cracker, you know, if you will. Right, Honey yeah, graham yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, you know, I put on a little just for, just to be healthy, et cetera, et cetera. But it right. wasn't like if I didn't wear sunburn lotion, I had to guard myself from the pernicious effects of the sun. Right. Two summers ago, I went out. We went to the beach. It was that first summer, you know, pre-vax, but everyone was like, "It's okay. We're going to be outside." Everyone needs this, uh, see other people, et cetera, et cetera. I go out there. It wasn't even a particularly hot day. It was not a high Sunday. There were some clouds, et cetera, et cetera. I just got the worst sunburns. Uh, it was really, really, like, bad to the point that it, that I could not walk on one leg. It swelled up like a hot dog. It was, I have photos. They're disgusting. I will not show them to you. Not sending you leg pics. After <laughs> Just send it to Andrew. Not sending Andrew hot dog leg pics. Unsolicited. If there are any Chase on the podcast listeners who yeah. really want these and I don't need to know. Patreon.com slash uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I, I absolutely have to just slather myself in goop every time I go out or else I get a bad burn. I'm, yeah. It's, it's not like it was a slow change over many years because of getting older, et cetera. Et cetera. Mm. It was like a switch got turned and suddenly I became incredibly photosensitive. It was so. Have you tried it since? I, I'm, well, I mean, the only way to test it is to, is to get a sunburn. So what I've got I, your I'm, Saturday afternoon ready. I, I SPF like 50 to a hundred myself at this point. If I'm going to be. Oh, I have to, if I'm out in the beach, I have to like, I'm a, I'm a pale boy. I'm getting a little bit of sun because like it's back in running season and yeah. outside, and man, uh, it's tough. I, I, but I still kind of want to base. But my fiance's uh, uh, half Mexican, and she just she spent like two hours in the sun last Saturday, and is now just completely different shade. And I, I'm just that was me. That was me. My whole life, my entire life. I've always been envious of you people. Hours when I was a little yeah. kid. You go to the beach. We'd be there all day. I just yeah. be running around, running around, running. No running. SPF, and you're fine. Totally and just golden fine. brown after the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe for like an hour, you're a little slightly pinker hue. Yeah. But by the but within an hour, it all just your skin caramelizes, and yeah. it's a Maillard effect. And suddenly, you've got a nice crunchy exterior. Yes, yeah. whole life. That's ridiculous. All the photos of me as a kid are just <laughs> tan brown. And cute as a button. But yeah. now, woo, awful. I hate it. 
Don't like it. Makes me feel vulnerable and old. I hate it. Hate well, it. You might go back. You might go back. I don't know. I don't think that. I don't think that lever can get thrown back in the other direction. You got to try it. You got to try it this summer. The no! summer of Bob. I, look, I, I, I will, I'm, I'm perfectly fine going back to a beach, but you got to risk gotta it. You got to try it. Risk it for the biscuit, Bob. No, why <laughs> That's a terrible idea. No, risk so it painful. for the biscuit. Yeah. It was so. Look, I'm on a walk-up apartment. All right. Yeah. You can see right behind you. Yeah. If I want to get to the bed, I have to walk upstairs. Right. right? Uh huh. With that leg, I was literally like sitting on each step and dragging myself up step by step on my hands because I could not put any weight on my leg. Right. So, risk it. Yeah, roll the dice, Bob. <laughs> Means... Sleep on the couch one night. No. Next topic. Richard Jefferson said some stuff this week. He did. He's he a co-worker of mine. Players are soft. Co-worker of mine, Richard Jefferson. Now on the Blue Wire Pod, road tripping with Channing Fry. You can check out on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Um... But what he said, it's interesting. Like, one of my things with people, folks, let me tell you. When you realize folks. that, folks, folks, when the tide is turning one way, and you, you need to, like, part of getting older is sensing, like, when it's worth it to get emotionally invested or get involved. You're like in... a twig on the shoulders of a mighty river. Right, exactly. And the tide has turned. Like, you're sw- Richard Jefferson is swimming against the current here on those comments where it's like, I understand where he's coming from. I'm sure he doesn't. He's not alone in that. He's not swinging against the current. That's, not, he, that's wrong. Yeah, he's You're swinging against the current because no. the NBA is moving away. Like, the NBA all collectively, every team is like, no, we're not doing 82 games, and all of our stars are not playing 82 games anymore. That's over. And right. But the they're, current, not, they're not huh? going to have a shorter actual season. They're I think they will. Away, no. I think they will. I think they'll find a way around it. I do. That's part of what I think the that midseason tournament is. The, the the media contracts are tied up, and there being X number of broadcast games a year. Mm-hmm. The I teams, think they're going to restructure. I really the do. Teams and the, all the regional broadcasting networks are tied up, and there being X number of games a year. It means it means in the next contract saying by the NBA we will take less money. I think that's what will happen. Yes. Because I think one of the things you have to think about, too, is just that, like, every finals, every playoffs is now going to be defined by injuries. Like if Every this playoffs is... in history has been defined by Not injuries. Not to this extent. Where, like, every yeah. round we had, like, somebody out. Like, Middleton was out. Paul's out. You go up. Booker's out. You go, I mean, every team, like, the Nuggets were missing guys. You go up and down the list. And it was that's just been, overwhelming how ca- many guys were the, out. That, that has been the case every single time. I don't think it's been to this extent. I don't. Yes, I think it but I also think just it's just different. I think it's just really harder on the bodies. The number of possessions, the way the game is played is oh, so much oh, faster and is, harder. The game, is, the game is so much harder now. Like look, someone, I think uh, Jared Wade, who was a longtime NBA blogger. And mm. Eight points, nine America. seconds. Yes. For, for the word about the Indiana Pacers. Mm. Watch the defense that is played yeah. in the 90s and the 2000s. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just a question of math. NBA right. players have to cover so much more ground now than they did mm-hmm. two decades ago or three and work so much less hard on every single defensive position. There's so much more movement on offense. Yeah, you want yeah. to keep 82 games? We're going 2-3 zone the rest of the year. <laughs> I, I said this 
for a long time that the NBA mm. should adopt a model where they have a games on, I think I said it was, that it's Tuesday, Thursday, well, not Thursday kind of got hijacked now. So, and Monday's out because that's NFL. Like the NFL mm. has Monday and Thursday. So go like, go to a schedule where it's uh, Wednesday, Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday are all the NBA games. Mm. And they're at a set time. And all of them are like, and you get as many national broadcasts as you can so that people know, and go to a 60-game schedule so that people know, oh, just like they do with the NFL, oh, it's it's basketball time. I know mm-hmm. that because it's Tuesday night at 8 o'clock, and that's everywhere. The NBA won't do that, mm. but um, that you would maximize viewership, that, yes, you would lose. You would lose raw totals if you'd lop, obviously, of fewer eyeballs and fewer butts and seats if you lopped off a quarter of the season. But the actual amount of people watching per game would be dramatically increased if those games had greater importance and were on a set viewing schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the only, look, I'm, as a, a basketball sicko, I know when these things are going to happen. I know when every next game is. Right. But casual fan doesn't. Make it easy for them. Remove that layer of friction. And just tell them this is basketball time, like they do with the NFL. Everyone knows when it's NFL time. Everyone knows when it's college football. Time. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, I would agree. With that. Appointment television is because because is good. initially the NBA would lose money on this, and no way that there's no way that even if Adam Silver thought it was the right thing to do, mm. because he was maximizing the amount of time that players, that the great players and the stars that everyone wants to see spend on the court, even if that's something that he believed is right. Mm. Like every commissioner, he works at the behest of the other, you know, 28 to 32 team owners and hedge funds that masquerade as team owners. And they're not going to do it because their goal is their goals are different. Their goals are not about getting the best basketball product on the floor. Yeah. So that won't happen. I really I would I'll I'll be happy to eat crow on this, but I, I would be stunned if they lopped off a single game. No sport has has. Like, when was the last time a league consciously shortened its schedule? Mm. Hmm. Hmm. I have to think about this. I'm not sure off the top of my head. You're putting me on the spot, Bob. I have to think about this. Yeah, I'm putting you on the spot because of the thing you said where Richard Jefferson is out of touch with mainstream. That's not what I said. Don't put words in my mouth. That's not what I said. said. Richard Jefferson is a relic of a bygone That era. is not what I said, Richard. None of that is what I said. What I am saying is I just feel like the way the current is going and the the way that we're going is I do think eventually you will see more and more change. I think just I, – I, I just think we're going uh, more, the other way. You just said more and more change. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen more change. Well, what I'm saying is more guys resting and resting for longer. I think we're just going to continue seeing – like the extremes of DMP yeah. rest. All right. Regarding injuries, yes. Yes. Uh, one, I, I would disagree that injuries haven't played a role in every single title won every single year they have. I'm not saying that it yeah. hasn't. I'm just saying it seems more extreme now. It's. I think people are more aware of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to go delving into the NBA.com stats and look up the amount of games lost per injury per year of the playoffs. And- hey, uh... Uh, intern. Yeah, where's your intern to yeah. do that? <laughs> what I'm is sure Joe Rogan's guy? What have you done the bit on this podcast? What is his name? Oh, God. You've done the bit. I know. Now I forgot it. 
What is his name? He has a whole bit. You've I done the bit, Bob. Look up the name of the intern. What is Joe Rogan's intern's name that he shouts? Uh, intern. It's like Steve or something. But I was thinking Steve too, but I don't think it's right. Uh-huh. Um, this is driving me nuts because I yeah, just it is. I can I know, hear. We talked it. about it last week. Oh he my goes, goodness! Duh, duh. Jamie. Jamie, that's it. Jamie, Jamie, I had to do the Joe Rogan voice. I had to do the. I had to. Do, I had to get in character in order to remember it. It's a sense memory for me. Jamie, 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 look that up. Yeah. yeah. God, that's how you know we made it, Bob. When you come on this podcast one day, and I'm like, "There's actually a Jamie behind me." Um, he can look it up. Then we're like, "Oh, we're 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 in the the best of times." Can, you never remote Jamie. Yeah. You should put a find a guy who's there to be like, look. The guests can't remember this particular factoid. Look it up. Yeah. Feed it, feed it into his ear. Make him look good. There you go. That's all we want on this podcast. Yeah. To make me look good. Bobby Silverman, uh, what can the good folks check out from you? Anything new? Daily Beast? Uh, as we discussed at the beginning, process. <laughs> Trust the process. Right. It's, it's processing. The process uh, is processing the process, and the end result will be blogs right. soon. Mm-hmm. Um in the interim, if you want to mm. hear non-long-form thoughts from me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bob Sayeta, mm. um, B-O-B-S-A-I-E-T-T-A. And, uh, and I'm sure I'll have some news stories coming uh, this week if I get my tuchus in gear this week. Get your tuchus in gear, Bob. Do you know what, what language that is that I'm using there? No. When I say tuchus? No. You don't know what the word tuchus comes from? You know what it means. Yeah, but. Right. You know it's not an English word, right? Yes. So it's a foreign language. Correct. What language? Take a guess. Take a wild guess, Jamie. <laughs> I don't want to make the guess. Uh, it's going to be offensive, isn't it? I know. I don't want canceled. to do the guess. You're putting me in a spot. I don't want to do I don't want to do it. It's Yiddish, man. Okay. It's Yiddish. What do you. Tuck us. Yeah. Yiddish. It is a dead language composed of various Germanic, Slavic, etc. things all smushed together. See, it's good I didn't say my guess out loud. <laughs> Hebrew? You're going to say Hebrew? Is that the guess? <laughs> the guess was Hebrew. <laughs> yeah. All right. Top four answers on the board. No. 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 <laughs> It's fair. It's a fair guess. Is it not hey, fair? Yiddish. We're going to teach you. A... Okay, ready? Yeah. Okay. This one has a... Oy uh, vey. Uh... You know what that means, right? Yes. Okay, what does it mean? Oy vey, like, oh my God. Yes. Mm-hmm. More or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A simis. Haven't heard that one before. Simis is like a to-do or a fight or a little conflict. Okay. Disagreement. Yeah. Uh, mispacha. Never heard that before. Means family. Hmm. Mishigas. I've heard that, but I don't know what it means. Mishigas, also a bit of a problem. There are a lot of words for problems, hmm. conflict, being upset. Um, I think this one is Yiddish. I'm not sure. It's something my grandma taught me. Uh, it's an insult. Are you ready? Mm. Uh, all right. Well, before we get to the insult, Maya Kappa. Heard that. Compliment. Yes. Good head. Mm-hmm. Smart. 
Tochter mit Eigel. You're now doing the Twin Peaks voice. You're doing the no. Twin Peaks dialogue. That's what's happening here. Tochter mit Eigel. You're doing the, the, the man in Twin no, Peaks. No, I'm not doing the little person speaking backwards in yes. Twin Peaks. One, that's not what he sounds like. It's two, I'm not doing that. Tochter uh, mit Eigel means uh, a poop with eyes. What? That's an insult. Oh. You call someone a piece of poop. I cleaned it up for the show. Yeah. But it's the it's the more common curse word there. But with eyes. Never heard that before. It's not common. What it's a burn. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a burn. It's a great um, burn. You look at someone and go, ugh, cock yeah. mit eigel. That hits that. home. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. You got to get the phlegm going. So practice while you're before next week's podcast. But I got the flonase. I don't want phlegm in my life. Uh, no, Bob. You know, uh, yeah. Bob. Let's let's leave on that note, yeah? Eden Lake. I watched that with the fiance last night. Have you seen that? No, it's my pick it... of the week. So good. It's a wild movie. A lot of Lord of the Flies type vibe, but it's okay. a wild, wild movie. Uh, mine is the return of the Amazon Prime series, The Boys. Oh, you're in is... on that. Yeah, you and Andrew. That's y'all's show. It's a good show. Mm-hmm. Then for those who haven't partaken, there's two seasons, so you mm. can plow through pretty quickly. The third season just began. Um, I get friendly reminders from the the boys Twitter account. They they I, I and that's a good enga- interaction engagement for me. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, the basic premise is: what if a uh, giant multinational corporation actually built and owned their own squadron of superheroes and how would that play out in the real world yeah. and the answer is they would all be fascists <laughs> and horrible just sociopathic mm-hmm. fascists so the super the superman stand-in is a character named homelander mm-hmm. who is just played brilliantly by anthony Starr. and i honestly think it's the best representation of anthony what Star, it would be like in the hold room. on anthony Starr's best work is my maybe top three all-time favorite show that i miss every day that i love spending time in that world you know the show banshee banshee was a cinemax too. show and cinemax did great tv and then they were just canceled like that was a great conglomerate that was doing good stuff and then it's just gone gone, gone. gone. the good stuff goes away Banshee is the has... best show that I've never been able to talk to anybody about. Right, anybody. Well, if you need your Banshee fix, I need my Anthony, Anthony Star guy in there. Anthony Star, right there. Superstar. As... Why is he not a bigger star? He is so good. He's great. He's outstanding. He's also got Carl Urban. For all mm. you Carl Urban fans out there, everyone there likes a nice Carl Urban spot. Giancarlo Esposito. Mm. Who, every time he walks on screen in a TV show or movie, you know, oh, well, now something awful is going to happen. Yes, he's there. Bob Silverman, always a pleasure. Thank you for the time. I think you're, I think after this hour, I think this is good for you. I think you're feeling good going in the rest of your Saturday. I think this worked out I'm, for you. I'm, I'm a little groggy anymore. No, you're not groggy anymore. We're, what we do is we relieve that groggy. Look, man, I'm a, I'm a performer. I'm a showman. The cameras go on. The hit action, I I I I uh, I, I produce, but uh, I'm I'm quite tired. I'm quite Bye, tired. Bob. All right, y'all. That'll do it for the Sunday, June fifth, twenty twenty two edition here on the Chase Month Podcast on the Blue Wire Pod Network. 
Uh, make sure if you enjoyed today's episode with Bob and myself that you leave this show a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if that is how you've listened and you have not already done so. Check us out on YouTube, youtube.com, type in the Chase Most Podcast. You'll find us that way. Like and subscribe, all that good stuff. Email the program at chasethemostpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet at me at chase double underscore Thomas. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase Thomas writer. Um, let's see. What else? Is there anything else on the pike? I don't know. Uh, baseball, Sunday Night Baseball coming up uh, tomorrow on the Monday edition of the Chase Most Podcast. And then uh, another jam-packed week here on the program on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Thank you for making the Chase Most Podcast part of your Sunday listen or whenever you are listening to this. I greatly appreciate it. And I hope you guys will continue to support this very program as we continue to grow and grow. And uh, just look out for a lot of a lot of big guests coming down the pike this summer. So look out for that and make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of it. And uh, as always, appreciate it, guys. And uh, I will talk to you all tomorrow. Go balls. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.